0: It is it is appropriate that we recognise the the uh, the great authority in our universe is God, and that His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom in Psalm 145, because we do have an election coming up, and it was good to pray for that. But if you uh, would like to um, to, to sort of uh, have a deeper insight into the candidates for that and like to pray more for that in the in the coming weeks. Um, I, as a minister, I get lots of people saying, hey, there's this forum, there's this forum, there's this forum. So if you'd like to uh, go to one of the f- many forums that are happening to get to know your local candidate in Franklin or Clark, uh, then I've got lots of <laughs> lots of people who sent me uh, uh, details for those, so you can come and ask me about it and I'll uh, hook you up with all of the details and you can pick the one that's got the best time or place or the, got your, your electorate and stuff involved. And we can we can keep being praying for uh, praying for our city. Uh, let's uh, briefly uh, spend a moment once again. I, I Thank you, Hannah, so much for leading us into prayer so many times in, in this in this just way of weaving speaking to God into church life, like it, like we do that in our daily lives of weaving in prayer with God in in amongst things. Um, but one more time, let's ask Him to be with us. Will you join me? And let's pray, God. You are the great King, you are over all, and yet you've deigned to speak to us. And so, Father, through uh, my weak and very fallible words, may, Lord, the truth that is in your word come out. May we hear you, may we hear about you. And God, um, it's, it's really easy for me to come up with so many reasons. Without even trying, I'm trying to come up with reasons to pray to you and to speak to you more, and yet parts of me come up with reasons not to and to distract me. And so, Father, I pray that for each of us that you would use this afternoon to draw us so close to you and to make us uh, able to speak to you better, more truthfully, more truly, and more closely. Father, please bring us to you in your love by your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, uh, last week, uh, as was mentioned, silence and solitude was our topic. And, and really, like th- that finds its fulfillment in, in this week's talk, because uh, there's not a whole lot of point in, in silence and solitude and slowing down and, and connecting with self if if that self isn't then brought into the light of Almighty God. And so that's what we're doing this week. Uh, we're going to do three, three short things. How not to pray, picking up from Jesus in the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. How to pray, as Jesus continues there in the Sermon on the Mount. And then also, uh, what the prayer is leading us, how, how Jesus prayed, and what prayer is leading us towards. So that's where we're going tonight. So, we're going to kick off straight into, uh, into Jesus' teaching on prayer. Again, this, this sort of vibe of if we, if we say we're followers of Jesus, we're Christians, we're Christians, well, let's see how he walked and let's listen to him and follow his teaching. So, here is Jesus teaching on prayer in the Sermon on the Mount. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. This would be the religious hypocrites in the Jewish world that Jesus was walking in. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, um, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So how not to pray? Well, first thing is how not to pray is to be seen, to be well thought of. Now, it's probably a little bit weird like that, because in our culture, you don't, you don't pray to be well thought of in public. Maybe you'll tweet Maybe you'll tweet the same thing that the the zeitgeist, the, the the culture worships and thinks is great. And maybe you'll 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 sort of join in the crowd, either canceling someone who's obviously so bad or or joining in the crowd who is praising someone who is who is from your crowd so good. Well Jesus says here, when you pray, it can't be like that joining in with the crowd. When you pray, don't do it to be well thought of by people. Don't do don't pray to belong. So it's 4. Secondly, he says, don't pray with many words. Don't pray, Particularly, he says here, don't pray with many words like the Gentiles do, like the nations do. Now, the way that they prayed was not oh, to be well thought of by people, but to, to actually get what they wanted from God. And, and there's a heart that goes along with that. What is the heart that goes along with someone who is going to form their prayers desperately in the right way in order to get out of God what they want? Well, the heart that goes along with that is a a heart that doesn't trust that the God they're praying to will just give them what they want, will know them and give them what they need. In a way, it's actually the the same as the snake in the garden, isn't it? Saying to Adam and Eve, no, 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 no. God's God's not good to you. God's stingy. He's holding back the good things. Don't trust His word. This sin looks a whole lot better. You're going to get all the good stuff that God won't give you. And so this heart of praying with many words is not actually a forbidding of long prayers, right? I mean, Mel was actually pretty short, so, so you know, don't get to bail her out or anything like that, but sometimes I've rambled in my prayers, as you guys know, and it's, it's, not a, it's not a forbidding of that. You might pray for a long time with your God. Pray without ceasing, Paul says. It is this heart that says, but if I don't do it enough times, and if I don't do it in the right way, and if I can't push and pull, I'm going to find all the ways to manipulate and push God, because I, I just don't trust Him. And that's the heart difference that Jesus here is actually saying. Now, how do we know that? Well, we know that partly because of the fact that the, uh, the contrast is, for the Lord knows that you need these things. Because he knows you. Not, but it's not just the Lord knows that. I got that wrong, actually. Because your Father knows the things that you need before you ask him. It is a bit of an interesting thing. It's not just this bit on prayer, but it is this little section. Through most of the Sermon on the Mount, it's God this, God, 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 God. When it gets to this little bit of intimacy, and yeah, it's, it's, it's not just the prayer bit, but it's definitely focusing in this prayer bit. It's all your Father, your Father in heaven. It's an emphasis on the, on, on the love, the paternal care, the intimacy, and the, and, and the, 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 the one-wayness of that fatherly relationship towards the children. The provision. Your Father knows what you need. So how not to pray? Well, we don't pray to be well thought of. We don't pray because, well, because we don't trust God. We we actually want to do it a little bit differently. And so, some really simple things. First one is, how do you pray? You be simple. You simply say what is true. Don't need to embellish it, you don't need to sound any prettier or smarter or fancier, just be be simple. Be truthful. Speak what is. Bring yourself as you are. Um, don't don't need to make anything more of more of what you're saying than what is true, but also no less than what is true. For if something is deeply on your heart, don't don't pretend that it's not. Be simple. be truthful. And this third thing here, more in private than in public. Now, this matters particularly for those of us who are teachers. This is one of those, Pete is hitting himself with a hammer much harder than anyone else here and the service leader is a little bit more than others and so on. If you're leading and you're leading people in prayer and you find that you're saying more words in public prayer than you are in private prayer, that's going to be problematic for you and me if that's us. Jesus says, No, go go to your closet. Go to the private place in your house and pray in secret. Be praying there. Be talking to me there. Because if you're not doing that, then don't be doing it up front. Now, this is a little, one of those little reverse points. One of those points where it sounds like almost the opposite of what Jesus is saying, but because it understands the reason that Jesus is saying, it's actually the same thing. I also want to say, don't only pray in private. I want to encourage particularly those of you who are a little bit, find it harder to raise your voice when there's other people around, just, just to encourage you and grow your courage, not change your judgment on right and wrong situations for that, that's your judgment call, you'll be wise in that, but, but to encourage you to raise your courage when there are situations where you are failing to pray because of what people will think of you. The same reason that these guys are praying in their culture might be a reason not to pray in our culture. I mean, if this is a thing against public prayer, well, do you remember our series on Daniel? What did Daniel do? The, 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 the law comes down. Daniel, not allowed to pray to anyone else except for, except for the king for the next 30 days, 40 days. What's the first thing he does? He goes home, he stands in front of his window, kneels down in front of his window, and he opens the window. He's not disobeying, well, I mean, he was before Jesus, but he's not disobeying the spirit of what Jesus is saying. He's enacting in line with it. He is praying for and to God because he worships God above the opinions of other people. So, brothers and sisters, yes, be careful. Don't pray to be well thought of and don't fail to pray to be well thought of. This is how not to pray. All right. Point two we're going to start to see how Jesus prayed. We're going to step through the Lord's Prayer. And in particular, we're going to see five types of prayer. Um, when Jesus says, here, um, this is, this is uh, how to pray, therefore you should pray like this, he says, pray in this way. He's not saying you need to recite these words, but, but pray in this way. This is the, this is the spirit, these are the kinds of prayers, the types of prayers to pray. And so we're just going to pick up those five. Adoration. Adoration. Um, I've got to make sure I get them in order. I know they are, but I think I've changed my order. Adoration, accepting, asking. Um, adoration, accepting, asking. And we'll get there. <laughs> and then the final, the final one, against evil. Um, number four is escapes me. We'll get there. They're all, on the, they're all on the screen. We won't miss out. Five types of prayer. The first one being adoring. And I, I've stolen this change from Tim Keller because I saw him... He didn't make anything of this, but it was so good when he didn't say adoration, he said adoring. Just something little about, you know, it's not, it's not a classification of a set of words, it's what am I doing? I'm adoring him. It's sort of funny, it's one of Fioti's favourite words these days to say something that he likes, and when Fioti says he loves something, he's, he, you know that he really loves that thing, so it's like, I adore it, and the way they say something, it's like, ooh. So that word means a bit to me as well, particularly. But adoring here. You see that in verse 9. This then is how you should pray. This is the way our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed. It just—it's just the word for holiness. It's the word—the same word we get translated sanctified. It means set apart. It means, but not just set apart. It means set apart and therefore purified for the purpose that it's set apart for, and also therefore next level and above and, and, and beyond sort of the norm. This—this this is God, our, our saying of God, Father. Like your reputation, your name, the way we speak of you, even should be held as next level, as great, as incredible, as pure. It's, it's, it's almost uh, uh, it's, it's such a, so much packed into one little sort of not even a sentence um, because it's both a mixture of praise and prayer for more praise and it's the right way to start it's the right way to start any prayer because it sets the heart for the prayer um, I, I don't know about you like you can have very different experiences when we pray Sometimes it feels very much uh, powerful. Other times it feels like uh, I'm feeling a bit dry, and that's normal. It should be part of our expectation that that's how it's going to be. But have you ever finished rattling off all the things that you've got to God, the concerns, the cares, the things that matter to you, the things that are keeping you up at night, the things that are worrying you, the things that that, that matter, but ended up just as caught up in them at the end? Like you've had that experience sometime, and you feel like, well, but I'm supposed to be letting this off with God, I'm not saying it happens all the time, but it can, right? And I think one of the ways that we actually deal with that is to try spending time adoring God first, acknowledging who He is, the Holy One, the One who is greater than, casting our mind to what is revealed to us about who He is in Scripture, that He is our Father in Heaven, the intimate sort of delightful, but the Father in Heaven who is greater than. See, I was thinking about um, the question, what is prayer? There's lots of <laughs> hundred ways you could answer that, and it could take many lectures to do so. I won't give you any. Um, but one way to answer it is that it depends on who you're talking to. If I give a prayer, it's still, it's still the word we use for a petition in, in, in um, formal Westminster legal systems. I, this is my prayer. It's my petition. Um, so if you're talking to your boss well, then you'll want to be demonstrating your performance. You'll want to be improving, and you'll ask them for the feedback that you need, you know, to improve your performance, to get better and to, and to clarify expectations so that you can do the right things to improve your standing and earn your wage. This is the way that you will pray to a boss. But if it's your earthly father the way that you might pray to an earthly father, well, that is going to be different for each of us, isn't it? There's going to be lots of, you know, uh, goodness to that. But then you'll always do what you've always done to cope with the limitations of your earthly father and the ways in which that relationship is not all that the relationship with your heavenly father could be because, well, they're human. And yet, if you are speaking to your heavenly father, if when I go to God, I'm speaking to the one who made me, who chose me, who has adopted me back into, my, into his family despite my sinfulness, my God, the one without whom I can't take a breath, the one apart from whom I have no good thing. There's nothing good that I have without God. The one who knows me. Well, if I'm talking to that one, that's going to shape the way that I pray, my ability to trust And so that time of adoration at the start, not only is, of course, as commanded here by Jesus, but it's so good at setting our hearts for the rest of prayer. The second one, Jesus says, is accepting. This actually leads into the hard one. Have a look at verse 10 here with me. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It sounds good when you're talking about everyone else's life and everything else out in the world. It's just not so good when I start talking about Peter over, and I'm like, you'll be done here? Oh. God, do things your way whether I like it or not. It's a prayer of a lot of trust. It's a prayer that you have to pray to a heavenly Father or otherwise it's murder to pray that prayer to anyone else, isn't it? but to a good god a good dad uh, you see god is is always working for our good and and answering prayers and being a blessing and yet still we find it very hard to receive the things that we've received in our life as blessings i, I like i look at parts of my life and look at experiences that i've had and i think oh why did you why did you let that happen why And God doesn't have to tell us why. And he doesn't most often. In fact, I, I don't know too often where he does tell us why. We sort of can guess at some good things that came out of it and think, well, God's obviously planned for that because it happened. But even then, you're like, who who knows what else he had happening, going on there? This is a hard one. We adore God, but that is also what allows us to then come to that God, praying in a way that accepts that it is His priorities that we want, not ours. That it is His good, because that will be for our good. But even if we, even if we can't see it, even if we think, No, God, I don't like this. This is, no, this is leading me somewhere. I, this could not possibly be good. We come to God in prayer with an accepting heart. We'll speak a little bit more about that as we go. But the third one here, I'm going to pick up now, is asking. Asking. Verse 11. Classic. Give us today our daily bread. You skip over that one real quick, don't you? Because that one's pretty easy. We've got food. I've got food in the fridge. Someone's even got food for me tonight. Why would I ask? I talked about this a little bit at Prayer and Praise. Well, I mean, one reason is not everyone does have daily bread. Now the second one is because you only have daily bread because of the generosity of God. So we, don't, we can't take it for granted. It's not, it's not a right. It's, it's not something that God owes us. It's out of his goodness. And it's not something that we can believe is always going to be. That Why wouldn't we ask? I want it, right? This is, this is a demonstration of the fact that actually I truly do rely on God for all things. I truly do have no good thing aside from Him. This good thing came from Him, and if it's going to continue, if it does, then it will come from Him. It'll be from Him, from whom it comes. And so we ask, brothers and sisters, ask Him even for your daily bread. Not just because it's right to, not just because well you'd like to have it, but also because it'll change you as a person and what you, what you believe. You rely on God for. As with all of these practices, these spiritual disciplines. One of the things we're going to start keep picking up is that it's not just about doing the right thing. The question is also about what is this practice forming me into becoming? Who who is this making me to be if I practice this? Is that the person God is excited for me to become? And this one really does that. Now look, there are things that we do not have because we don't ask. Uh, Even Jesus says it uh, a couple of verses back up, doesn't he? Uh, Which verse is it in verse 6? Jesus says, And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Like, I skip over that bit as well. That's not an uncomfortable bit I don't skip over, that's a kind of a cool bit that I skip over. Why? God loves to answer prayer. He brings about the good things that prayer is meant to bring about. This is, this is meant to be a blessing. Once again, the lie of the snake is to try and get us to believe that God doesn't want the best for us. And yet Romans 8.28 says that God works in all things for the good of those who love him. God here in getting us to ask is, is wanting us to actually experience the goodness of asking and receiving. And it does. prayer does change things. James tells us. Jesus here tells us. Do we not believe what they say? Or does our sort of our own framework where we think, well, if God knows everything and if God knows the future, well, then God won't change things because of my prayer because he knows the future. And that's all set in stone. And, and I stop thinking that I'm trusting my brain and my logic of how the world must work rather than hearing Almighty God tell me how the world works. He tells me to ask him for good things. He's a dad who loves to give. Now there are some good things that we might ask for that will actually be bad for us if we receive them too early. Maybe if we've received them without having been through a certain period of suffering that enable us to be godly enough to receive it. Or maybe if if we hadn't prayed for it that actually there would be something, it would be harmful to us. Uh, you, you know the st- classic stories about the people who win lotto and then it's actually harmful for them because their life ends up worse afterwards than before because of all of the ways that the money was misused and then preyed upon by family members or then they're misused towards people and then it ends up uh, ensconcing them in, in, in broken relationships and then the money goes and that all they're left with is the brokenness. I think sometimes when God doesn't give us the things we ask for, it's, it's, it's because of this because he's too good to give us something that we're not ready for. Number four. Number four, we admit. Verse 12. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And this is, again, that truthfulness encouragement. This encouragement to come to God as the real me. To come as a debtor to come as someone who needs forgiveness. I mean, this is, the one, this is one of the places where the, that, 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 um, that discipline of silence really helps us because it brings more of the real me, um, you know, most, mostly bringing more of the real me ends up actually being things that need to be confessed, <laughs> things that need to be brought to God to, or brought to God to find out if I need to confess it or not. As in prayer, I, I say, God, I find in my heart a huge desire for this, and in the presence of Almighty God, as I pray with Him and as the Spirit moves in my heart and as I then end up reading the Bible the next day and as having brought it before Him and stood in His presence, it's brought to light what that thing really is. Whether it is a beautiful passion that I ought to follow in order to honour Jesus with that comes from the Spirit or whether it is darkly selfish and destructive for other people or whether it's a good thing but mixed up by sin and bits that you actually need to separate out. And 1 John 1... Speaks about walking in the light. And you think, oh, that's going to be hard. We're going to walk all pure and perfect like God is, as John says. But then it says, if anyone, <laughs> if anyone claims to be without sin, then he's a liar and the truth's not in him. And you understand that to, for John, to walk in the light means being someone with dirt on them, walking closer and closer to a light source, to be seen as we really are. And purified by the process. I don't know if you've ever been to a, to a formal event and not realised it was quite so formal and underdressed, and, and felt like I don't really want to go and talk to that person and have that person see you. I'll be revealed for not being appropriate. And you know, this is this is this is ultimately what it is like to walk towards God. Forgive us our debts, and it's hard because I don't like being humiliated. I don't like being inadequate. I mean, this is the way we walk to God as him with him as our adequacy, not us being adequate to do so. So we come to him admitting things. Now lastly, we come against evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Um it's sort of interesting. Um There's a there's a there's a point where the disciples were they were trying to cast out a man with cast out the demon from a man who was demon possessed and I couldn't do it and Jesus says this one only comes out by prayer when they ask him why this one only comes out by prayer now I still don't get everything about that incident right that's pretty that's pretty trippy but there is something here about prayer being spiritual warfare. What what is exactly prayer? Prayer Prayer is what we do to what we worship. We go to the one that we worship. We ask them to be enough for us. Do we not? And who do we worship? Who do we go to? Who is the one who is enough? Who is the one who is going to take care of me, to make everything okay, to save me from all that I need to be saved from? And so, as we pray uh, to, to to be delivered from from evil, to be to to be not going towards evil, to save us, to not go towards evil, to cope with life, it, it is this spiritual warfare of of choosing to prayer itself is choosing to go to God rather than anyone else, to choosing to worship the one who should be worshipped rather than anyone else, and, and this is the the final part of prayer, this prayer against evil, this prayer of of. Uh, that, that in and of itself, by by praying, we align ourselves to God. We go to Him. We act as if He is the one who will save us, because He is. Now, we're uh, we're gonna run out of time, so we'll uh, we'll skip forward from our five from our five ways to pray. We'll we'll run over them at the end again, though. But we're gonna move to how Jesus prayed. That last little bit. Um, in John 17, um, you feel free to grab it in your Bibles if you're a Bible-flicking kind of person. John 17 is this delightful passage where Jesus prays for his disciples, he prays for the, and he also prays for the world and the people who believe in Jesus because of his disciples' testimony, i.e., people like us. What does he pray for us? If we're thinking about our prayers... If we think about how does Jesus pray and we want to pray like him. What does he pray for us? It's worth thinking about John seventeen start at verse nineteen. Sorry, we'll start at verse uh we'll start at verse twenty, why don't we? but it's part way through there. My prayer is not for them alone, but also. I'll pursue it from here, sorry. I didn't realize I had a different version here. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. Now, hear, hear Jesus' emphasis, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, I want to encourage you to grab that passage and just read the next bit and the next bit and the next bit. About the glory that to have participated in the glory of the father but you being unified with the father, about being together and the love of together in the love of the Father and the son, please grab it, mull over it, but here that this is the point, this is the purpose of prayer it's about relationship with God. see if I'm praying to Jesus in order to be a good person, just to do the right thing, just so I can make good ethical decisions. Oh, it's not that those things aren't important, but they've got a purpose. Those things are important so that I will be in good relationship, I will treat my God and treat his people well. Those things matter so that I'll be connected, that the unity of these things, that is God's great desire, his desire for relationship, or connection, will be achieved. It's all so that we can be one with God together. And Jesus' habits of prayer teach us this, to seek God and to seek relationship with him above all things. It's the purpose of prayer. It's the content of his prayer. And so even as we pray, you can't, it was one of which you kind of can't do it too wrong when you're praying at all, right? Because you are going to God. You are speaking to him for bringing the real you to the real God. And that is, that is what it is about, the relationship with him. And so the process and the formation that it brings in us is as powerful as what we actually do. And look, that's why Jesus prayed this prayer in Gethsemane. His final prayer. How did Jesus pray? Well, he prayed with tears. He prayed with tears, Father. Not my will, but your will be done. So that your purposes in bringing the universe together in me will be complete. And not to pray. Well, let's have a quick look. We don't pray to be well thought of. See, I didn't put that slide together with a spelling mistake in there. Deliberately de- demonstrate that, you know, not being well thought of by putting spelling mistakes in there, but, you know, it serves the purpose. We don't pray to be well thought of. We don't pray because we don't trust God and we've got to manipulate him. We pray simply, truthfully, more in pu- private than public, but not only in private. How we pray? Well, we pray adoring God for who he is. We accept his will that he is good and that it is good. We ask him, therefore, for the things that we desire, knowing that he will give us either that thing or something better than that. Always, of course, if, he's gonna, if he is the good God, he's going to either give us this good thing or he will give us what we should have, would have asked for if we'd known what he knew about what was really good for us. We come admitting and we come, and we come praying against evil, actually that our hearts would be oriented towards him in a way from those dark things. Why all of that? So that we may be one with him as he is, Father, Son, and Spirit, one, and that we may be one together with each other. Um, And uh, It's okay to pray those things with tears. It's okay to pray and lament. It's okay to pray with passion. Don't let your Calvinism, which I fully subscribe to, uh, stop you from praying with passion because that's a distortion of Believing that God is sovereign, in Jesus' mind, it made you pray more, that you pray that you know that your heavenly Father already knows what you need, not less. Jesus prayed with tears in the garden, and yet we end up saying, "God, I know this is what I want. I'm asking you for it, I'm asking you to give it to me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Uh, let's pray together. Father, thank you that we can talk to you as a father and that that's what you really like. Because otherwise these prayers would be excruciatingly hard. I don't think we'd be able to trust you. So Father, we just ask that you would change our hearts... Father that we would see you for how great you are, and we would praise you and 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 set our hearts on fire by praising your goodness and your holiness as we begin, that we would accept that it is your priorities for us and the world that should come about, and we should that we would even ask for that. Father that we would then ask for the things that we need, that we would receive from you the goodness that you give us. Father we ask that you would help us to come to you admitting what is true that you'd help us by your Spirit in those moments of silence to see what is true in us. And, Father, that you would keep us from evil, for we desire to be unified with you and the evil would destroy that unity. Father, thank you for this afternoon and this time of being one with you. What a joy. And as we come to your table now, Lord, to to sing and then celebrate the Lord's Supper, Father, may we uh, celebrate that unity beautifully. And Lord, maybe if there is something, some negative thing we have against another brother or sister here now that might spoil that unity, Father, maybe even in this song, just give us a moment to just bring that little thing and sort it out, that there may be greater joy as we celebrate in unity together. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name so that the things that he prayed for in John 17 will come true, that we'll be one with you and one together. We ask it in his name. Amen.